Welcome to the podcast from Gateway Baptist Church. You're listening to a message from our Mackenzie campus. Find us at gatewaybaptist.com.au if you'd like to connect with us as we seek to change lives by following Jesus in our community, our nation and our world. Good morning. How are we? Good to, uh, good to see you here this morning. How cool is it to celebrate uh, with all of those young people getting uh, baptised? How exciting was it just seeing all of the, the young people here just gathered around that pool uh, praying for their friends? I just love seeing what God is doing in the young people uh, here at Gateway. This morning, we, uh, we continue our series called Legends of the Faith. We're reading through Hebrews chapter 11, which is the Hall of Fame of Faith. And here in Australia, we've got, uh, we've got a Hall of Fame for just about everything. But uh, Hebrews 11 is a Hall of Fame of Faith. We've got, a, we've got a, a Hall of Fame for Australian cricket. I mean, someone like, you know, Shane Warne is in the uh, Hall of Fame for Australian cricket because he's got an extraordinary ability as a spin bowler. He took 708 uh, wickets. But if you know anything uh, about cricket, you also know that despite the fact that he had an extraordinary ability, he had some um, flaws in his character and in his decisions. He made some mistakes uh, in the past and, uh, you know, there was a time in his history that he took a pill that he shouldn't have taken and then to make matters worse, he blamed it on his mum. I mean, that's a greater sin than just about anything in Aussie culture. But, uh, you know, he had an extraordinary ability, but he was a flawed individual but because of his ability, he's still in the Hall of Fame. You know, we've got a Rugby League Hall of Fame uh, here in Australia, and uh, Joey Johns, who is the best fullback Australia has ever produced from any state in, uh, in anywhere in this nation, he's in the Hall of Fame. Actually, he's going to step beyond that. You know, he's an immortal because of this incredible ability that he had. He also, even though he comes from New South Wales, he... Uh, He's a flawed individual. You know, he too, he too got caught with the wrong pill in his pocket and, uh, and got himself into all sorts of trouble. He's got some baggage in his past, but he's still in the Hall of Fame because of his incredible ability. We got, we got an Australian Music Hall of Fame. One of my uh, personal favourite singers, other than Mark Dean and Andrew Serkin that stand on stage, Jimmy Barnes is my next favourite. And, uh, you know, he's got, he's got an extraordinary voice. There's nobody with a voice like him. In the, the back page of Q Weekend magazine yesterday, there was an interview with him, and it said, despite his wayward past, he has become one of the greats in the history of Australian rock music. You see, in all of our halls of fame, we see people that have got a wayward past. We see people that have made mistakes. We see people that have got some flaws in their character, but they make the hall of fame because they've got an extraordinary ability in some area. Now, as we go to Hebrews chapter 11 and the hall of fame of faith that's in the Bible, we also see that these are people that are flawed. They're people who made mistakes. They're, they're ordinary people like you and me that have, that have got some past that they may not be you know, completely proud of. 
They're not in the hall of fame because they've never made a mistake. They're not in the hall of fame because they're people that are kind of like superhuman and they've got no flaws and no, no baggage in their history. You have a look at all of them. They've all got some things that God kind of had to iron out uh, over time. But nor are they there because they had an extraordinary ability or they had extraordinary strength or extraordinary wisdom even though some of them did have, you know, a strength or an ability or a wisdom in some way, that's not what got them in the Hall of Fame. The Hebrews 11 Hall of Fame, it is filled with ordinary people like you and me that are flawed, that have made mistakes, and they're not there because they've got some sort of superhuman ability. They are simply there because they have faith in an extraordinary God. They were people that in the midst of impossible situations, they had faith in their heart to trust God to do the impossible. That's why they're in the Hall of Fame. Now that is good news for people like you and me who are flawed individuals who make mistakes. It means that we can be in the Hall of Fame of the Bible. It means that we can be legends of the faith because God puts in the hall of fame of faith people who make mistakes but have extraordinary faith in God to do the impossible. And God is still calling ordinary people like you and me to do extraordinary things in the world through faith in him. One of the guys that's in the hall of fame of faith in Hebrews chapter 11 is Abraham. Abraham's a hall of famer. And uh, in fact, more is written about Abraham in Hebrews chapter 11 than any other person. And I don't think it's because he necessarily had more faith than all of the other people that are there. But, but Abraham is the father of our faith. It means that in Abraham, we see a pattern of faith that is still true for people with faith in God today. And in Abraham, we see a promise of faith that is still true for all people with faith in God today. That's why he's called the father of our faith. It started with him. There's a pattern that we can follow and there's a promise that's still true for us today. Genesis chapter 12 verses 1 to 3. This is where we see uh, the call of God on Abraham's life. It says, the Lord said to Abram, go from your country, your people and your father's household to the land I will show you. He says, leave everything behind. Go where I'm telling you to go. He says, I'll make you, this is the promise, I'll make you into a great nation and I'll bless you. I'll make your name great and you'll be a blessing. I'll bless those who bless you and ever curses you, I will curse. And all the peoples, listen to the size of this promise, all the peoples on earth will be blessed through you. And so we see here a pattern of faith in Abraham. And the pattern is this, is that God calls us to leave our old life behind to follow God's eternal plan for our lives. Now, this is a decision that we make at one point in our journey, but it's a decision that we keep making every day as we follow Jesus. We saw an important moment 
for a bunch of young people this morning in their journey of saying, I'm putting my old life to death and I'm, I'm wanting to live a new life. I'm rising with Jesus to live a new life with Him. It's an important moment, a moment to celebrate. But then there's a decision every day to live by this same pattern, to leave our old life behind and to follow God's eternal plan for our lives. We see it through Scripture when uh, Jesus calls His first followers. He goes to James and John by the Sea of Galilee and He says, leave your nets and your boat behind. He says, leave everything that you've trusted in the past, everything that you've got faith in in the past, everything that you've found your security and your identity in in the past, it's time to leave it behind and come follow me and I will make you fishers of men. You see, there was a pattern There was a call to leave behind what they had faith in in the past and to put their faith in God's plan for them for the future. And he says, I'll bless you. I'll make you fishers of men. He says, you're going to have an impact on people's lives. And it's true. They did leave their old life behind. They did follow Jesus and Jesus was true to his word. He did bless them. They did impact many people's lives. They're still impacting lives like mine and yours today because they started the church as they followed Jesus. When the rich young ruler comes to Jesus and says, Jesus, you know, I want to follow you. Jesus says, that's cool, but you've got to leave your riches behind. You've got to leave behind everything that you've found, your, your identity, your security in, everything that you've trusted in the past. You've got to leave it behind and start to follow the eternal plans that, that I have for you. And he wasn't willing to do it. He wasn't willing to follow that pattern, to leave what he trusted in in the past behind, to follow God's plans. And it says he went away sad. He missed out on the blessing because he wouldn't follow the pattern of faith. And so Jesus says to all people like you and me, he says, if you want to be my follower, you must deny yourself, take up your cross and follow me. It's a daily call. Deny yourself, leave your old self behind, take up your cross and follow me. Whoever, you know, wants to hold on to their life, and just hold on to it with, and, and trust in it will lose it. But whoever loses their life, whoever leaves the old behind, will find new life. It's a better life. You see, there's a pattern of faith here. And the pattern is to, that we have to have the faith to leave the old behind and to follow God's eternal plan for our lives. And so God turns up to Abraham and Abraham is living in a godless city, a godless culture. We see in Joshua chapter 24 when it's talking about the history of Israel and it's talking about Abraham, it says that Abraham and his family were worshipping idols. They were living in a city, in a culture that was worshipping idols. They weren't worshipping the one true God. And the cities around them were godless and they were evil. When they went to Sodom and Gomorrah, we see that there's a culture in that city that the men thought it was okay to welcome and show hospitality to people coming into town by brutally raping them. That's what the culture had become as they turned away from God. And so God turns up to Abraham and says, I'm going to bless you. 
I'm going to bless you in such a powerful way that you're going to be a blessing to the whole world. But the first step of faith is to leave the old behind. The first step of faith is to leave this old life, this old culture of sin behind and to follow my eternal plans for you. Now, Abraham could easily have said, thanks God, but no thanks. I'm staying right here. I'll stay where it's convenient, comfortable, where I kind of, I, I know the, the lay of the land. But he didn't. This is the reason he gets in the hall of fame is because he did this. Verse 8, chapter 11, it says, By faith, when Abraham, uh, by faith Abraham, when called to go to a place he would later receive as his inheritance, he obeyed and went, even though he didn't know where he was going. By faith he made his home in the promised land like a stranger in a foreign country. He lived in tents as did Isaac and Jacob who were heirs with him of the same promise for he was looking forward to the city with foundations whose architect and builder is God. See that last bit there is talking about God. It's actually not God building the city of Jerusalem but God who is an architect with a plan to bring his kingdom here on earth as it is in heaven. And, and, and Abraham chose to live his old life by faith. He left his old life behind, even though he didn't know where he was going, because he knew that God had a better plan. He's the master architect. He's the master planner. He's building something with foundations. Uh, he's building a kingdom that will never end. Abraham had faith to leave the past behind and to follow God's eternal plan for your life. I want to ask you the question this morning, you got that kind of faith. I wonder if this morning there's some of us, it's a leaving behind day. I wonder if some of us, have, it's not about leaving behind a family or a home or a job or a city. It, you know, it might be some of those things, but I wonder if there's some things in our old life that it's, God's just been reminding us of, it's time to leave behind. You know, there's a leaving behind of old habits. There's a leaving behind of, of things that you keep holding on to to find your security and identity in and they're not doing you any good. You know, there's a leaving, there's a leaving behind of drunkenness. You know, there's a, there's a leaving behind of porn. You know, there's a leaving behind of, uh, of holding on, you know, to riches, hoping that in that you're going to find fulfillment. You know, there's a holding on to things that you find comfort in because you, you, uh, you're not sure that God's got something better for you. And I wonder if today, like Abraham, we need to be people of faith who leave behind the past to receive the new. Because until you put to death some of those things in your life, there won't be a resurrection in your life. Until you let go of some things in the past, there won't be a new blessing that comes. See, it's true in the natural, it's true in the spiritual. You're never going to get a new outcome by doing the same old thing. Definition of madness. It's true in the spiritual with God. We can't just keep holding on to the same old things, the same old sin in our life, the same old things we find comfort in and hoping that God is just going to bless us in a new way. There's a pattern of faith, people. It's a leaving behind of the old to receive the new. Some of you today, it's time to leave behind. 
It's a leave behind an attitude of the heart. It's a leave behind of disappointment. It's a leave behind of doubt. It's a leave behind of disillusionment. It's a leave behind of heart and start to, to move in to the new things that God has got for you. There's a pattern of faith that, that Abraham shows us and there's also a promise of faith. God says to him, he says, if you step out in faith, I will bless you. I will bless you so abundantly. Your family will get blessed. I'll bless you so abundantly. Your descendants will be like sand on the seashore. I'll bless you so abundantly. Get this, this is a big promise. I wonder how Abraham could possibly have thought this was going to happen. I'll bless you so abundantly that all the peoples on earth will be blessed. I'll bless the whole world through you. It's a promise of faith. That's what God is like. That when we leave the past behind and, and step into the new, that God's actually got something better for you. Do you believe that this morning? That when we let go of the old and we take up our cross and deny ourselves and we put aside the things that we've held onto for ourselves, God's actually got something better for you. He actually wants to bless you and He wants to bless you so abundantly that you'll be a blessing to others. See, that's the good news about God. God wants to, to bless us with an overflow. God's a God who never holds on to things for himself. He never didn't hold on to his son, but gave us his one and only son. He, he doesn't hold on to, to the spirit. He fills us with the spirit. He loves to bless us to be a blessing. He loves to freely give to us so that we can freely give to others. In Matthew 10, verse 8, when uh, Jesus has been, had been blessing his disciples, he'd been teaching teaching them, he'd been filling them with, with uh, truth and he'd been showing them how to minister to others. In Matthew 10, there's a change and he begins to send them out. He begins to send them out on mission. He says, I've blessed you, now go and do the same. Matthew 10, it says, I want you to go from town to town. I want you to preach the good news of the kingdom. I want you to heal the sick. I want you to, to cast out demons just like I've been doing. And he says, freely, I've given, freely you have received now freely give. Freely you've received, now freely give. That's, that's the same attitude God wants us to have this morning, to, to live with an open heart and say, God, I, I, we, we, I'm here ready to receive, that God would bless you so that you, and you live with open arms and you freely give. You're not trying to hold on to the things that God has given you, but everything that God has given you is for you to enjoy because He's a God of blessing. That's what He's like. But God wants to bless you in such a way that you can give away to others, that you can share what He's given you with others. Conversely, you can't give away what you don't have. If you haven't been blessed with it, you can't give it away. You see, the only thing that brings a capacity, that limits the capacity of how you can bless others is by how much you've been blessed. I tell you, don't ever be ashamed. Don't ever kind of be backwards in, say, in, in going to a place that you know you're going to get blessed or going, being with people that you know are going to bless you. You, you can only give away what God has given you. You need to be in a place where you've got an open heart saying, God, would you bless me? Bless me, God, so that I can be a blessing to others. There's a pattern of faith and there's a promise of faith. The pattern is you've got to leave the old behind to follow God's eternal plan for you. And the promise is when you do that, He will bless you to be a blessing. The big point I want to make this morning is that every believer 
If you have faith in Jesus Christ, every believer is sent somewhere to bless someone. Abraham was sent to a promised land to be a blessing to the whole world. But every, this isn't just true for some people. It's not just some super Christians that can be in the hall of fame. This is for all people, same pattern, same promise. His every believer is sent somewhere to bless someone. You see, when, when a letter is sent to your place, it can be one of two things. It can be something that gives to you or something that takes from you. If it's anything like the letters I get at my place, most of the letters that I open that have been sent to me are things that take from me. They kind of look like this. They're a bill requiring payment. And I tell you, when I'm sent a bill, with the electricity bill in our house, no one gets blessed. No one celebrates the arrival of this bill that's been sent. When I look at the numbers on the bottom, I, I run around the house in a rage, putting new rules on all occupants in the house. There, there is no more air conditioning ever. I don't, I don't care what the temperature is. I'm unplugging it. It's never to be turned on. Open windows, put a cold washer on your head. I don't care. New rules, no more dishwasher. From now, I had to scrub plates when I was a boy. Now you're scrubbing plates. No one celebrates this. No more TV. From now on at night, we're playing family charades. You know, there is nothing good. There's nothing good about this bill being sent to my house. No one celebrates it. It takes something from us. But when I open an envelope and in there, there is a card and it says to darling Jason, I am away at women's retreat this weekend and I've just been reminded what a wonderful husband you are. I'm so blessed to be married to you. You're the most wonderful husband any woman could know. You're handsome, caring, thoughtful and romantic. Here is a BCF voucher that I want to give you for you to enjoy. You deserve it. You're so awesome. Love, Shushan. That's a different kind of envelope to open that's been sent to me. It doesn't take from me. It gives to me. And the whole house celebrates when it arrives because dad's happy again. The air conditioner's back on. The TVs are on. You know, nobody cares about the bill anymore. Dad can go shopping at PCF. What are you going to be? You're going to be someone in the places that you are sent that gives or takes. You see, every believer is sent somewhere to bless someone. I want you to understand this morning, you've got a stamp on your head. You do. When you put your faith in Jesus Christ, it says, in Christ you are blessed with every spiritual blessing. Then later on in the same book, it says, you're God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for you to do. He has put a stamp on your head. He has blessed you with every spiritual blessing to, to be a blessing to others. I, I worked out during the week. I, I weigh 92 kilos, so to send me somewhere, I need $172 worth of stamps you know, on my head to get uh, sent somewhere. I'm not going to do that. I run out of stamps really quick. But you need to understand, people, if you've got faith in Jesus Christ, there is a stamp on your head. 
You've been sent somewhere to bless someone. There's an address that God's put on your heart. You've been blessed with every spiritual blessing in Christ. And so the places that God sends you, because you've received from God, you are sent to give more than you take in the places where you go. I just want to look quickly at some of the places I, uh, that we're all sent. See, if you're a believer, you're sent to your family to be a blessing. God sent you there. It's no accident. He had that address, that family on, on his heart before the foundations of the world. And so I'm sent to the Ellsmore family to be a blessing to our family. So because of my presence there, because of my faith in that home, everyone gets blessed. That's the promise of blessing. I want to ask you this morning, is that true for you? In the family that you've been sent to, whether you're a parent or, or, or a child or a brother or a sister, you know, whatever role you play in the family right now, is everybody celebrating your presence there because you're giving more than you're taking? You're being a blessing to those that are there. Parents, can I encourage you? You know, being in church, being in life group, being in a place where God just fills you up, where God blesses you is so important that so that you can go back to your family and you can be a blessing. Everyone will celebrate your presence there. You're able to give extravagant love to your kids. You're able to teach them. You're able to pass on the truth that he's shown you that has transformed your life so much. I want to ask you this morning, are you a blessing? You're giving more than you take in your family. I just want to remind you, Abraham was called to be a blessing to his family. He, he made some mistakes. He was a flawed individual. And I wonder if some of us here this morning, we've we got some similar mistakes, and we're wondering if God's promises are still true for us. We're wondering if, if we're still part of God's big, you know, eternal plan, or whether that's finished for us. You see, Abraham, if you go to Genesis chapter 16, you know, he had a Hagar moment. You see, his wife came to him one day and said, we're not seeing this promise become reality. And they got impatient and said, here, you can sleep with my servant Hagar and maybe that's how God will fulfill the promise. And so he does. He justifies his actions. And I wonder if the moment he walked out of that tent, he realized he'd made a big mistake. All of a sudden, division came in that family. Pain and suffering came in that family because of this big mistake. And it's true. When, when you step outside of, of what God's called you to do, there will be suffering. But, but can I encourage you this morning? I'm not trying to belittle sin or belittle disobedience. It does cause suffering. There are consequences. Maybe you've had a Hagar moment. You've contributed to a breakdown of a marriage, a division of a family. You in some way have, uh, have contributed to pain and suffering in, in a family. You've had a Hagar moment and you regret it. You justified it at the time, but you regret it now. Can I encourage you this morning? The promises of God have not diminished for you. When, when, when God says that neither life nor death, neither angels nor demons, nothing in all of creation will ever be able to separate you from the perfect love that has been given us through Jesus Christ our Lord, that promise is still true for you. 
Every promise of God that we receive through faith in Jesus is never diminished. There might be consequences. There might be some suffering that comes. But God's plans have not finished for you. They hadn't diminished for Abraham. His plans hadn't finished for Abraham. There was suffering. But he went on to bless him. To be a blessing. I want to encourage you this morning. There's a stamp on your head. You are sent to your family to be a blessing, to give more than you take, for, to make people's life better because you're there. And it's only possible as we allow God to fill us with his love and with his power. We're sent. We're wrong one. If you're a believer, you're sent to bless the church. There's a stamp on your head to, to be sent to a, to a local church to, to, you know, to shine a light on who God is in, in that community. Look, this, this has certainly been the, the same pattern of faith for me to see the blessing of God in, in my life. You know, I, uh, in, in my 20s, I knew God had called me to lead a large Australian church that reached unchurched people with the love and power of God so that their lives were transformed, our community, this nation, and nations around the world would be changed. I knew that was the call of God on my life. I was pastoring a church down in Sydney, and I was committed to being there for the rest of my life. I said to God, you'll have to put a bomb under me to move me. One day as I'm riding my bike through the bush on the Christmas holidays, I felt God say to me, it's time to leave all that you currently know behind and I said to God thanks but no thanks I'm not doing that I love what I'm doing I'm known and I know uh, I know what my future looks like I argued with God for 10 months and until at the end of that year God made it really clear it was time to leave everything that I knew behind and to follow his plan for my life and so I resigned with one wife four kids and a mortgage not knowing what I was going to and uh, I, I got offered a number of positions in the months to follow, and I just knew none of them were for me. And then uh, Easter the next year, I got a phone call from a, uh, from a slim, articulate youth pastor at Gateway Baptist Church. His name was Andrew Main, and he sounded slim and articulate on the other end of the phone. And he, uh, he, he said, you know, we've just asked a mate of yours to speak at our young adults camp, and uh, he can't do it. He said, you're doing nothing, and now we're desperate. Can you come and help us? And... And uh, I was about to say thanks, but no thanks. And he said, it's on the Gold Coast and we'll get all your family up here. Did you say Gold Coast? Okay, I'm, uh, we'll come up for a little holiday. It was the first time well, my whole family had come with us to come and speak on, on a camp. At the end of that weekend, Tim Hanna, who was a senior pastor at the time, said, mate, we've got a role for you here at Gateway. We'd love for you to step into if this is what God's calling you to do. And I said to him, thanks. But no thanks. I mean, Queenslanders are weird. I'm, I'm not, I've got no, no, uh, no plans to move uh, north of the border. Two weeks later, Susan said to me, I reckon we've got to check this gateway thing out. And I said, whatever you say, dear. <laughs> because it's one thing to argue with God and senior pastors, but to argue with my wife, it's like taking my life into my hands. And so uh, we did, and God called us here. And it was really obvious that he called us here. And I did leave, to see that happen, I had to leave all that I currently knew behind to go somewhere that he was sending me. And God has blessed me more than I could ever imagine. God has blessed our family more than I could ever have imagined. I tell you, but it took a step of faith 
out of what was known into the unknown and God poured out blessing more than what I could ever see in my head. And he's continuing to do it. Last Sunday, we started Gateway Redlands. There's 453 people there. We'd been praying for a year that God had sent 100. 453, and that'll get smaller as, you know, people just come to have a look. But... uh, How exciting was that? But more exciting than the big number was as as I walked in for about the fifth time, I walked, when I get nervous, I walk in and out, in and out, just kind of do circles. As I walked in for about the fifth time, there's a girl on the door who I'd never met before, and I'll call her Beryl because uh, she's given me permission to share her story, but uh, to remain nameless. And we don't have enough Beryls in church anymore. You know, there used to be a lot of Beryls in church, but there's not many anymore. So let's call her Beryl. And, and she had a name tag on, and I, uh, I said to Beryl, I said, uh, how long have you been coming to Gateway for? And she said, actually, this is my first day. She says, I haven't been in church for over 10 years. She says, our family busted up and I walked away from God and I walked away from church over 10 years ago. And uh, I had three conversations with people that are coming to Gateway Redlands in the space of a week, just out of the blue. And I just knew it wasn't a coincidence. I knew that God was calling me back to himself and uh, to get back involved in church. And so via Facebook, she got involved in our Connect events. She started coming to prayer meetings. She took a big step of faith and said, I'm going to join a life group and a serving team. And on day one of this brand new church campus that we've planted, the person welcoming me through the doors, and he's going to welcome all people through the doors because everyone who walks through those doors is welcome is is someone who hasn't walked into a church herself for over 10 years and God has already before the church has even started God has already blessed her to be a blessing and I know that God has got more for her than what she's ever dreamed or imagined right now and that is true for every single one of us if we will just take that step of faith out of the known into the unknown, trusting that God's got something better for us. Can I say right now in this season of church as we continue to blank campuses, there are new opportunities for you to step into next week, next step Sunday. If you haven't found your place to serve, get along there, find your place to serve. There's going to be gaps in our auditorium for some time. There's going to, and, and, and can I encourage you, invite the people you live, work and laugh with. Beryl is only sitting in Gateway Redlands right now because because three people invited her out of the blue. And it took three people until she decided maybe God's in this and I better come. Can I encourage you? These pews are going to get filled back up with people you live, work and laugh with if you'll take a step of faith and invite people to come and discover the life-changing love and grace of Jesus Christ. Who wants that? Come on, who wants people sitting in the pews next to you? just being transformed. Sometimes it's going to take three invites. Sometimes it's going to take three people. You might have the joy of being the third, but these pews are going to get filled up with people you live, work and laugh with. And there's going to also be gaps in our serving teams moving forward. Some of you, it's time to leave the old behind and step in to the new, the unknown and be a blessing. Choose to give more than you take. And it's only possible as you receive from on high a blessing from God, you can give to the people that he loves. There's a stamp on your head 
There's an address God's written on your, hand, on your heart. You're sent to be a blessing to your family. You're sent to be a blessing to the church. And you're sent, oh, wrong one, they can stay there. You're sent to be a blessing to the world. God said to Abraham, I'm going to bless the whole world through you. Jesus said to his disciples, I'm calling you to be a light to the world. You're to be a city on a hill. People will look to you and as you follow me and they'll see what I'm like. They'll see your good deeds and they'll praise our Father in heaven. We are called people as followers of Jesus Christ. We're called to bless our families within the walls of our home. We're called to bless this church family within the walls of this church. We're also called to bless the world around us, the community around us, the nation and the nations around us. We're called to be a light to the world, a city on a hill. People will look at our good deeds and praise our Father in heaven. You heard me share a couple of weeks ago about how God is doing that through our ministries in Africa. People come to know Jesus, they're sick getting healed, you know, people's lives being transformed as new churches are established. Just last weekend, big weekend last weekend, we opened the doors on our Ormo Care Centre. As well as opening a church down the Redlands, we opened the doors on our care centre at Ormo and people are coming through the doors already. They've never walked into church, finding a church of people that love them and care for them and want to help them in their moment of need. We're called to be a light to the world, a city on a hill. People will see our good deeds and praise our Father in heaven. And some of us are called to go to Africa. Some of us are called to go to Redlands. Some of us are called to go to Ormo. Some of us are called to go to Level 7 of the Suncorp building. Some of us are called to go to Rochdale Soccer Club. Some of us are called to go to all places throughout our community to be a light, a city that people look to and see who God is. I'm going to invite up one of our legends of the faith who since the age of 18 is known that he had a stamp on his head, God put an address on his heart, and he's been faithful to, be, to go wherever God calls him to go to be a blessing to people that are there. Would you give one of our legends of the faith, Peter Salisbury, a big hand as he comes up? <laughs> Peter, welcome. Thank you. Mate, great to have you up here with me. Thank you, are, you. You are one of our legends of the faith. You uh, did hear the call. Do you want to stamp on your head too? Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. why not? Well, just, just while I'm getting one for you, if uh, you, you heard the call of God on your life when you were uh, 18, yeah, that looks good. Um, just tell us a little bit about that. How's God called you? Yeah, well, my parents were missionaries in Africa in the Belgian Congo. So I grew up there and had my first 20 years in the Congo and Zambia and Zimbabwe. At the age of seven, that's when I accepted Jesus as my saviour and was saved. But it was at 18, as Jason has said, that I went to a youth camp at Easter in Zimbabwe. And the message that we heard was just from God. And... Uh, when the invitation was given, I went forward to give my life to God. After the meeting, the speaker came to me and he, he said to me, Peter, get busy for God. Then he commented a few minutes later, you can't guide 
a stationary object. Those words have resonated in my mind ever since then. And uh, God has done amazing things. Two, two years after that, God had given me this wonderful promise. My mother died, unfortunately. My father said, we're going back to New Zealand. And so I thought, I don't want to go to New Zealand. <laughs> I don't blame you, mate. No. <laughs> it's worse than moving to Queensland. <laughs> but um, the Sunday before I left Africa to come to New Zealand, the preacher that Sunday night didn't know anything about me, but he was speaking about Jacob, Abraham's grandson, and how uh, God had spoken to, to ja Jacob. And he read Genesis 28, verse 15. And as he read it, it was as if God was speaking direct to me. And it says, I am with you and will watch over you wherever you go, and I will bring you back to this land. I will not leave you until I have done what I promised you. Wow. So I came to New Zealand. I had no idea really where I was going or what was going to happen. But God in his wonderful way arranged that I had to come to Sydney. And there I met this beautiful girl. She was also busy for God. And we got married. And God in his wonderful love gave us four wonderful children who are now busy for God, and uh, we thank God. But our second son was born, and as a baby, he contracted encephalitis, which left him brain damaged so severely that even today he has no speech. So for a few years, there was no way we could go to Africa. And I kept thinking, God, you gave me that promise. When's it going to happen? So that's how it all started. Yeah. And God, uh, God lead you, led you to establish teen missions in Australia. Mm -hmm. Just tell us a little bit about how that happened yes. and then how you ended up back mm -hmm. in Africa. Thank you. Yes, well, I was working for a, another mission. And uh, through that mission got an invitation to go to Florida in the United States to speak at a boot camp, it's called, of 1,000 teenagers and speak there every night for 10 days. And I went to the director and I said, this is fantastic for us uh, American and Canadian kids. Why can't we have something like this in Australia? He looked at me and he said, what's stopping you? So we came back and praise God, we started the Ministry of Teen Missions here in Australia, up at Tawantan on the Sunshine Coast, some of you may know of it. And we've seen uh, more than 2,000 teenagers go through that place and go out on short-term missions around the world. But still in the back of my mind, I thought, no, hang on. God, you promised. So in 1992, 
That's 20, 25 years after I'd left Africa. We went back to Zambia. Amazing how God opened the door for that. And we started teen missions in Zambia. And today there's, it's just grown so incredibly. 40 Zambians on staff ministering to over 3,000 orphans and street kids throughout that country. But just in the last couple of weeks, some of the senior staff did some research right up in the north part of Zambia and found this place just 60 kilometers from where I grew up. And uh, they came back and they said, we really, really need an outreach up in that area. And in talking to the people up there and talking to the chief, they said, oh yeah, we know Teen Missions, we know Peter Salisbury. And it was suggested then that the base be set up there. It's, they're working on it now, the chief's giving some land for it. We want to call that base Peter Salisbury Base. God kept his promise because I was available to him because I wanted to be busy for him, and God did the rest. Amen. Hiya. Yeah. Pete, Peter's a very humble man, but I want you to get the gravity of this. As a young man, God gave him a promise. He'll send him back to this land to be a blessing, and he hung on to that promise. And he saw people, established Teen Missions Australia, saw people sent to all nations around the world from here. And then it, God called him to establish Teen Missions in Zambia. And today in that piece of land where God gave him the promise is going to be called the Peter Salisbury Teen Missions Base. God is a God who is able to do immeasurably more than what we've ever asked or imagined. And that space, that piece of land will get you for the glory of God for generations to come. It might have taken decades, but because Peter kept leaving the old behind and stepping into the new, God was faithful to his promise and has blessed him to be a blessing. Put your hands together for a legend of faith. Can I encourage you, some of us, some of us are sent to Africa, some of us are sent to Rochdale, but we are all sent somewhere to bless someone. God, if you've got faith in Jesus Christ, God has put a stamp on your head. He wants to bless you to be a blessing. If you're, He takes ordinary flawed people like you and me, fills us with His Holy Spirit and fills us with love, fills us with power to go. He blesses us to be a blessing to the places that we're sent. I tell you, God is a God who is faithful to His promise. He is faithful to His promise. If you will leave the old behind and follow His eternal plan, He is faithful. You will see a blessing on your life. When you allow God to bless you and you stay in a place of being blessed by Him, He will fill you up so that wherever you're sent, in your family, in your church, in the world, you will be a blessing to others and you will see His kingdom come here on earth 
as it is in heaven. He is a master planner. He's a master builder. He is building a city with eternal foundations. Let's pray together. Father God, thank you. Thank you for your incredible love for us. Thank you that through Abraham's descendants came Jesus. When it looked like nothing was happening and the promise wouldn't be fulfilled, you spoke to Mary and told her that she was going to give birth to a son who would be God with us, who would save us from our sins. And God, thank you that you were faithful, that you did send Jesus. Thank you that he did die on a cross for to forgive our sins and he did rise from the dead and he's alive today and he's building his kingdom through his authority and his power here on earth and it will never end because God, you are faithful. God, this morning, would you help each of us to know with confidence that we've got a stamp on our head, that you want to bless us to be a blessing to wherever you send us. God, this morning, I pray that you would deposit faith in our hearts. God, right now, would you fill us with your spirit to be a blessing to wherever you send us. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand together. We're going to sing a song today which just says, Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on me. Send me to be a blessing. I just know God has got a deposit. He's got a word of faith that He wants to put in your heart. You see, faith is not kind of just working out with human reasoning the best, you know, way to go forward with all the possibilities. You know, faith is trusting in the Word of God. It's trusting in the promise of God when humanly you can't see how it's going to happen. That's how Abraham gets in the, in the, the Hall of Fame. He couldn't see how the whole world was going to get blessed through him. He didn't even have a kid. Are you willing? You're willing to take a step of faith this morning. Some of you this morning, you just know there's a burden in your heart to be a blessing to your family, to be a blessing in this church, to be a blessing to the world. You know this morning, you're just, you're just saying, God, would you bless me? God, would you bless me because I want to leave the past behind and step into a new place in my family, a new place in this church, a new place in this world where I'll be a blessing to others. We've got a prayer team that's going to be down the front here. They'd love to pray for you. They'd love to bless you this morning. Just come. Come hungry for God. Come on. Just come hungry for God this morning. Get the prayer team to come here as we sing this song. Just come hungry for God saying, God, would you deposit, deposit truth in me this morning. Deposit faith in me this morning. God, would you bless me this morning. Come hungry. Come hungry. We hope you've been blessed by this message. If you've made a decision to follow Christ or would like us to pray for you, please go to gatewaybaptist.com.au and let us know.